Scott Campbell and Ellie Jones with me, Wallace Chapman, today and to the Capitol now where there is a protest going on right now. Tenants Action Wellington are outside the office of Quinovic, a property management group with a list of 10 demands. The group has said that rents have worsened under both Labour and National and something has to give. The demands include flat inspection abolished, minimum tenancy length five years and pets allowed in all flats, including dogs. We've got one of the organisers on the line now, Jay from Tenants Action Wellington, who is en route to Quinovic right now. Jay, kia ora. Kia ora, how's it going? Very, very good. Are they, are they the protesters in the background, are they? Yes, you can hear them in the background a little bit. I would like to correct, we're actually at... Uh, Cuba Street at the moment, we'll be going to Quinovic. All right, so you're on route there, a whole bunch of you. What's at the heart of this, Jay? What are you calling for? We are calling to change some of the culture around renting. We have had we have had enough, really, of MPs waiting for MPs and waiting for reforms to go through, just like, uh, yeah, just through hope, basically. So we want to do... We want to push through our own sort of thing, kind of like how unions organise. They organise themselves among themselves. Okay, enough is enough. You're going outside the Wellington office of the property management group, Quinovic. Uh, have you alerted them? Uh, will you be in dialogue with them? I'm sorry, what was that last part? Will you be talking to the Quinovic management team there today? We have not contacted them. If they want to come out and talk to us, maybe. <laughs> Some of the demands, we've got a panel here, they might ask a question. Some of the demands, right? Flat inspection abolished. Abolish yes. bond and all substitutes, for example. Yeah. Come on, Jay, never going to happen. Is that really realistic? People have said a lot of things wouldn't happen, and here we are. As Nelson Mandela said, uh, it's always said to be impossible until it's done. So, you know, these, these sorts of things don't exist. In other countries, there are plenty of countries with far better, uh, uh, far better policies than what we have, and they fought for them. And now okay. it's our turn to fight for them. Okay. And what about abolishing uh, uh, credit checks for prospective tenants, employment history, or any other references? That is never going to wash with anyone, Jay. <laughs> Well, is it? I mean, come right. on! You've got to you've got to have a fundamental credit check. Surely that's that's a base uh, principle. Why we're paying tons of money for these people, and they ask us a lot of things, and we're the ones paying. So why should they be asking of us? There's oh, not right. many other products where this happens and other services okay. where they put you through a massive sort of look through. All right. If we have the money, that's our problem. Jay, stay there. We have a panel with us. So we're talking to this uh, uh, Tenants Action Wellington group who are en route to uh, Quinovic right now to protest uh, uh, rental reform. Uh, Ali. I just want to know why you would turn up to an organisation, a a private business. Clearly, I know that the organisation has made headlines a number of times for things that sound pretty horrendous, actually. But why would you turn up to a private company like that when the issue was far, far broader, is related to poverty, is related to the the government? Are you going to turn up to hotels and motels that have made millions from the housing crisis as well? We already have plenty of organisations that take care of general sort of things and specific things like that. There are four different housing groups in New Zealand alone, so we are one of them. 
And so we focus on that. There are a lot of very specific groups for very specific purposes. So, that's so you're not going to protest outside the hotels and motels that have made millions from the housing crisis? <laughs> well, I think that would be fine if people wanted to do that. Otherwise, we're focusing on New Zealand housing. All right, Jay Scott's with us as well. Yeah, I think um, looking at the list of demands, I can I just find it strange that there's nothing in there that shows any pragmatism. But uh, my, my question really is around what are you really trying to highlight here? Because things like asking a an owner to to give 365 days notice before selling or reoccupying a house, well, that's not going to happen. But also, it's a trust matter, isn't it? And having been a renter and a tenant before, uh, I know at times that it was really difficult to keep. Uh, the house clean and, and, and tidy and all those sorts of things. And that's someone's investment. So where does the trust element come into this? Are you asking landlords and owners to trust people so much more than what they currently do? Well, it is, as you said, an investment. And this is one of these few investments where we have, where we expect no risk. So, you know, like um, the 365 days sort of thing, is that someone has a solid, place to live for 365 days in advance we have had quite a bit of sort of evictions where people have been kicked out in a month and that really really scuttles things for a lot of families all right jay i'll let you get back to the protest there you can hear you loud and how many how many there are by the way how many protesting uh at this first protest i would estimate around about 50 all right 50 people there all right that's Kia ora, Jay. Thanks for your time. So that is Jay from Tenants Action Wellington, part of a group of 50 people who are right now uh, on their way to the Wellington Property Management Group, Quinovic office. Uh, and we tried to get hold uh, of Quinovic Wellington. They directed us to the head office and they've yet to respond to our request for an interview. But the New Zealand Property Investors Federation has spoken out, calling Tenants Action Wellington's demands outrageous. And we are with Andrew King, who is the New Zealand Property Investors Federation President. Kia ora, Andrew. Oh, kia ora, Wallace. All right, nice to have you on. So, this protest shows that people who rent are at their wits' end, at the mercy of some often, not always, pretty hard line real estate investors and property management groups. Why? Is it outrageous? You know the issues around renting. You know that people are absolutely, those who rent are struggling. Yeah, look, we, we know times are tough. Um, we, we do. We've come up with our own plan uh, to address what we think is a rental crisis in New Zealand. Uh, and the, the things that we think need to come to happen is that we need rents to be able to come down or at least stabilise. Yep. Uh, and we also think that tenants need more security in their mm. in their property. So we agree with that. We just think that what this group is suggesting is, I think, as Scott said, there's no pragmatism to it. There's no, it, there's no realism to it. It's just that they want lower prices, and they, what they forget though is that by saying that they want the price of uh, rental property to be 25% of the lowest benefit, that has no relation at all to the cost of actually providing uh, that property. It, it's what what they're going to do will not help tenants. It'll just lower supply. Uh, and make it harder for tenants to actually get property and make it more expensive for here's, the government. Here's the deal, Andrew. Here's the deal. There's there's a couple of fundamentals that many who do rent, and I'd love to hear from you by text to 101 or email me. Uh, renters say 
it's just the fundamentals just aren't there for so many. There are so many examples. Here's one of the 10 demands, right? Landlords must provide evidence that they're addressing repairs, including accessibility issues within one week of being notified by tenants. That's easy. That's a good one. What about this one, Andrew? Pets are allowed yeah, in no all f- one, pets what? are allowed in all flats, including dogs. There are so many uh, 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 rentals right now. You can't even get a look in because you've got your wee moggy. Uh, look, would, wouldn't disagree with uh, that point about um, getting repairs done. I think that's that's fine. Uh, there you go. Pets, I think, that's only one. There's 10 demands here, and the other eight are pretty outrageous. But that's an uh, important one, addressing repairs. Let's bring in Ali Jones. Oh, I just, look, I get so sick of this this sense of entitlement, to be frank. I mean, I think with, um, you know, the right of accommodation and everyone does have a right, there, there comes, you know, responsibilities. Uh, I think one of the major issues Responsibilities in is, for who? Well, for the responsibilities sides? to look after your property, to sign a contract, to have a good credit rating, to, you know, I mean, the, the, sorry, put and your big... To, and to deliver a warm home for the people yeah, who are inside that's right, it. and yeah. I totally agree with that, but for God's sake, put your big people pants on underpants on and start to act like grown-ups what we need in this country is decent accommodation agree with you but it also needs to be a stable tenure the problem is exactly as jay said before you can't have peoples and families and people and families and kids moving from house to house to house to house that's what really causes issues with instability in a community so it's not that simple but i mean these demands it's just childish it's like throwing your toys out of a cot all right stay there andrew uh, scott yeah, 100% agree. Look, uh, everyone should have the right to have a nice, warm uh, house that they live in and a home, right? But for those mums and dads and those investors who actually deliver that, they've got a responsibility to look after those people. I get that 100%. But also, they are not the government who then should be uh, funding and and putting more of their own money into the investment when people don't take care of the property. And you see that many times. My that, concern really that, for, for this. That is such a blanket statement, Scott Campbell. You know very well that there are isolated cases of people who may not open the bathroom window. Sure, there's more. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. And 100%. And I get that. And I mean, from a from a point of view, I think there's responsibility on both sides. And what we heard before from Jay was just these demands on the landlords and on those homeowners to do a whole bunch of things without actually saying, well, here's some, here's what we would also like to do. If you're going to be able to say, I don't want a credit check and I don't want the landlord coming over and checking up on me, well, what am I giving in return to ensure that there is trust in that relationship? So as a, as a landlord, as the investor, I can have confidence that my hard-earned money is also being looked after. All right. Hey, we'll leave it there. But Andrew Kiora, thank you for your time. That is the, the New Zealand Property Investors Federation president there, uh, Andrew King. Before that, we had uh, Jay from Tenants Action Wellington en route right now to Wellington Property Management Group Cronovic. If you are renting, what did you make of what both Ellie uh, and Scott said? Also, Jay uh, and Andrew. 2101, 19 past four. Police are now investigating threats against at least 12 schools across New Zealand. Several schools were contacted this morning, including Awatapu College in Palmerston North, which said on its Facebook page that it had evacuated the school. A number of police units are responding following a report of a threat at Marlborough Girls College in Blenheim. The threat is not, that threat is not believed to be linked to threats toward other schools made this week, police say. And on Tuesday... 
Four North Island high schools received phone bomb threats. So what is going on? New Zealand Principals Federation President Sheree Taylor Patel joins us. Kia ora, Sheree. Kia ora. Have you received an update from the Ministry of Education? I have spoken to the Secretary of Education this afternoon and today's incidents were really unexpected, they were unprovoked and obviously really distressing for those communities involved. So we really want to put a little shout out there to all those communities. You know, this is not how they wanted their day to go. What the... um, the Ministry have said um, is that their understanding is that this actually was a, a cyberbot um, coming in from overseas and that it apparently has happened a couple of years ago. Uh, so it has happened before, but obviously um, it's not something that anyone's prepared for particularly and it's something that no one wants to have happen. That's right, and cyberbot or otherwise, uh, these threats just have to be taken on face value and extremely seriously, huh? Absolutely, and the police were wonderful. They've responded really quickly and they have followed up because potentially anything like this could be an extreme situation. And I know the schools in um, in each context, they would have been immediately activating their emergency procedures. And it, it might have looked a little bit different in, in the different schools, but um, the key thing that everyone will have been thinking about is how to keep students and staff safe. All right, Ellie. I just think it's frightening, absolutely hmm. frightening. I did read somewhere that they thought that a number of these were coming from an automated number overseas. Hmm. So it's almost taking this sort of this hacking and uh, false alarm thing just a, a whole to a whole nother level. I mean, my kids aren't school aren't at school anymore, but they were during the mosque shootings in Christchurch, and I, uh, one of them was anyway. And I just remember the panic that that uh, threw hmm. us into. I, I just can't imagine what the parents go through when when this sort of things happen. But um, good on the police, and um, I feel sorry for the schools as well and the staff. Stay there, Cherie. Scott yeah. Campbell. Yeah, yeah I, when I saw this today, I, it, it was scary, and because my immediate thought went to, uh, you know, my, my four kids who are who, yes. are, who are both you know, who are all at school, and and uh, and sort of just wondered you know, what, what's going on. What, what do we tell the kids tonight when when they come home and when we turn on the six pm news and they see the these these bomb threats? What's your advice, and what we, what should we be saying to them? Yes, well, all the way through these things, communication is key, isn't it? Um, Schools will have been communicating with parents and it's important that parents know what did happen and what the schools did about it and that they create opportunities to talk with their children about how they were feeling and um, how they still feel. The... um, through these uh, emergency procedures that schools have, one of the things, um, obviously in the procedure list, is communication with parents and with the community. Um, Can I just say for parents out there that can you please make sure that your details are up to date um, at the office, at your school's office. If you change phone number or you change um, address, anything like that, it's really important that times like this that 
that people have those those correct communication details. And another thing that parents can do is just make sure that you have a regular communication line with your child's teacher. Some people prefer text, some people prefer email, but to have those lines of communication already up and working, it means that when things like this happen, as far as they're able, people can communicate with parents, they can keep you informed about what's happening. Oh, this is great advice, Cherie, really great advice. Thanks for uh, uh, saying that on the panel. Now, what advice, uh, what other advice can you... I was talking about this uh, with my wife, Tabitha, because it is scary. We've got a little toddler, you know, a little four-year-old, saying, what happened if this situation happened at, uh, you know, or in and around uh, his daycare? And my wife said, you know what, I'd be straight there. And I said, that might make things a little bit um, uh, more difficult. But is there any advice around that particular um, idea? It is an immediate and natural um, reaction, isn't it, for parents to want to rush down to school and know where their children are. Depending on what the, the, the circumstance is and who's in charge, like in this case it sounds like the police were involved quite quickly. So they would then be taking over and they would be um, informing the school about what needs to happen and, and, and how things work. Sometimes they would put up an, a cordon in an area and, and ask people to stay um, away from the school area because they are working in that space. It just depends on what the situation is. But I think just key is um, the communication that comes to parents and okay. the updates. But following the incident, there's also that you need to think about how you debrief it and because... People will have concerns, they will have queries, and there will be some people that need support for anxiety. There will be some procedures that that um, parents and students, staff, may suggest need improving for another time. And also you do want to address any concerns that, that come up um, through an incident. Very good, Sheree. Kia ora. Thank you for your time and explaining that for us. That is uh, Sheree Taylor-Patel, the New Zealand Principals Federation president on the news that police are investigating threats against at least 12 schools across Aotearoa. 26 past four. Thank you for your company. Thank you for your feedback. A lot about uh, showering every other day. I promise you we will get to that. Don't you go anywhere. And also a lot about uh, renting, and we'll try and sneak that in uh, this afternoon as well. But to this big game tonight, a big game tonight between the Manly Sea Eagles and the Sydney Roosters. And the hot topic of conversation was the pride jersey the Sea Eagles are wearing tonight. The first NRL club to wear a jersey in support of the LGBTQIA community. Manly's historic jersey celebrates diversity with rainbow colours replacing the white piping. Seven players came out opposed to wearing the jersey due to religious beliefs. There was lack of consultation, some of the players said, but... NRL fans, they've responded by buying up all rainbow-coloured Manly League jerseys. So you can't get any other to sort of go around the panel on this and uh, get their hot takes on this particular uh, burning issue. Scott, you first. The fans have talked. They don't mind the Pride jerseys being worn tonight. 
And good on them for making the point, I think. Um, you know, I, I'm not a Manly fan at all, so I wouldn't buy one of those jerseys. But, um, <laughs> but, but you know, I, I think in some ways I can understand the players, you know, standing there and, and making their point. It is a little ironic that they also have the points bet sponsorship logo on the front, which is a gambling well, uh, company in Australia. So I, I did find that a bit strange. But, um, you know, as that saying goes, any publicity is good publicity. I think that, you know, we've been talking for two or three days about pride uh, and about highlighting this issue. And it's a conversation that's ongoing. So good on the fans for having the reaction that they did. Ali, should they be wearing those pride jerseys tonight? Yeah, absolutely they should. There are two issues here, and I think um, you'd probably agree with me, Scott, the comms side of it was pretty pretty crappy. I mean, they really should have got their ducks in a row before uh, this was was rolled out, and it sounds like they didn't. But I think what it has done is is really uh, get that issue of homophobia and bigotry that clearly exists in this team, and I, you know, that's what I believe, uh, out into the open. Um, I, I think it's really disgusting that players can't put a jersey on uh, like this, that, that their belief seems to, seem to preclude them from wearing a jersey uh, that acknowledges a wider uh, audience, in fact, their audience, their fan base, which is made up of uh, straight, gay, trans, black, white, huge, hugely diverse fan base Uh, and I think they should put the jersey on and just do their job but as you said Scott we've started to talk about it uh, and have been talking about it a lot lot, and so that's positive. Um, And that is all fair enough Ali but some might still ask is it fair for a club to inject their political views on the playing group no matter how worthwhile that issue is? I don't think it's a political view. I mean, that, that's the point. It's, to me, it's not a political view. It's about inclusivity. That's not political. That's about getting on with people. That's about living well together. It's about respecting one another. So I don't see this as a political message at all. Scott? I see, I see where you're going with the question, Willis. But, uh, and, and I think because there, there are other issues as, because there are other issues correct. as worthwhile. Uh, I mean, this is very important, but there are other issues in society. And management goes, all right, team, you're wearing this this Sunday. No consultation, but you're going to be wearing this. Or, or what about an alternative for it? So if they didn't want to wear the jersey, then make an alternative. But I just think that it, we don't know what went on behind the scenes. Like They haven't been totally open and upfront about how much consultation, if any, actually went on with the players. My understanding is that the players were asked about it. They didn't like it. And hence the, the, the club actually came out and, and made that public. Uh, I think you can understand their position, but I also think, the game and the jersey and the message to the public is bigger than them, right? And so if they don't want to do it, you know, they've done the right thing, put their hand up, said they're not playing. That's their decision. All right. Anyway, the game goes ahead. It is uh, tonight, the Manly Sea Eagles and the Sydney Roosters. You know, the panel, RNZ National, lovely to be with you. I'm Wallace Chapman. I have Scott Campbell and Ellie Jones with me.